He was the grandson of America's pastor, Dr. Billy Graham. He was a best-selling author and a megachurch pastor until it all came crashing down. Hear the raw and unflinching message about desperation and deliverance from Tulian Chavidjan, the grandson of Dr. Billy Graham. He reveals his moral failure and fall from grace. His story will inspire you. This Sunday, May 19th at Life Austin, 8901 Highway 71 at 9 and 11 a.m. For more information, go to life.family. Live and local, every afternoon, 2 to 4. This is Mark, Melinda, and Ed on News Radio KLBJ. Call or text them at 512 836 0590. Thank you all for having me on. Now, Mark, Melinda, and Ed. What a day, Melinda. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Well, it was when I came in. Is it still gorgeous? He's talking about the Supreme Court, I believe. He's not talking about the weather. He's talking about what a day. Well, I mean, there's that, too, if you Mm -hmm. really want to get into the news portion of the day. (laughs) But it is a pretty day outside. It is a pretty day. I was talking about all of the above, actually. We both are right, Ed. Yes. How are you, Ed? Doing great, Mark. Doing great. Glad to be with you guys uh, this afternoon. Thank you for joining us. We take you all the way to 6 o'clock, live and local. Let's dive into that historic U.S. Supreme Court hearing. What are your thoughts on it, Melinda? Well, they were asking the questions I think a lot of us were asking. How or why would this be allowed to stand? I don't think Colorado did a great job of presenting a case as to why they should be allowed to keep an individual off of the ballot. And it didn't sound like any of the Supreme Court justices thought so either. I agree. I, I listened to some of it. I listened to Amy Comey Barrett. And Kavanaugh's questioning of the the Colorado attorneys, I I don't think this will hold any water. Uh, I know the Wall Street Journal had an opinion piece today that the Supreme Court needs to have a 9-0 decision to move this on. Even people who don't like Donald Trump are saying this would be very, very unfair and unjust if one state could dictate what Americans do on on voting or not voting for, for former President Trump. Was there anything that, that really completely jumped out to you? What was the most striking no, no, thing you heard? Not not really anything striking. It's just that that one state hold would would hold all the keys if if they would uphold this. But nothing I heard really struck me today. Well, I thought it was interesting as they were going through it, and you actually had Keegan and you had Brown that were really delving into this part of it, stating you know that third. Uh, part of the the 14th Amendment that they're trying to cite as the reason for keeping him off, it doesn't even list president. Apparently, it lists a bunch of different offices, but it doesn't list the president's office. So again, you have to wonder, where did they come up with thinking they had the ability to keep him off running for a national presidential? Yeah, yeah. Listen, I just, you know, he's not been convicted of anything on this. And I know they start talking about the 14th Amendment and Section 3 and that sort of thing. But as far as where I come from, if Donald Trump has not been convicted by a court of law, he has every right to be on the ballot. If he's convicted, yeah, he should be kicked off the ballot for insurrection. But not until that, he should stay on the ballot. Uh, Here's a sample of some of the back and forth. You'll hear Trump's lead attorney and you'll hear uh, Justice Jackson This is focusing on the issue of whether January 6th was an insurrection. And the Colorado Supreme Court majority said it was an insurrection, incited by Trump. And so listen to them go back and forth on this issue. It runs uh, over a minute, but it really uh, gives you a good sense 
of the kinds of questions and debate that were taking place today in the session. The Colorado Supreme Court concluded that the violent attempts of the petitioner supporters uh, in this case to halt the count uh, on January 6th qualified as an insurrection uh, as defined by Section 3. And I read your opening brief to accept uh, that those events counted as an insurrection, um, but then your reply seemed to suggest that they were not. So wh what is your position oh, as to that? We never accepted or conceded in our opening brief that this was an insurrection. What we said in our opening brief was President Trump did not engage in any act that can plausibly be characterized as insurrection. All right, so this, why would not this not engage. be an insurrection? What is your argument that it's not? Your reply brief says that it wasn't because I think you say um, it did not involve an organized attempt to overthrow right. the government. So That's one of many reasons, but for an insurrection there needs to be an organized, concerted effort to overthrow the government of the United States through violence. And this and so riot the point is that a chaotic effort to overthrow the government is not an insurrection? No, we didn't concede that it's an effort to overthrow the government either, Justice Jackson. Right? None of these criteria were met. This was a riot. It was not an insurrection. The events were shameful, criminal, violent, all of those things, but it did not qualify as insurrection as that term is used in Section 3. Thank you. Because, thanks. Thank you, Counsel. Thank you. Uh, all right. It so, is so amazing how if they don't get the answer they want, how short they are and just, okay, would you just stop talking? I know I asked you a question, but I really don't want to hear your answer. That happened over and over and over <laughs> throughout the entire thing. A lot of back and forth, a lot of interruptions. But you heard Trump's attorney, they're standing firm that it was not an insurrection. And that's that's a key point of all of these discussions. Well, and I, I know there are many that disagree with me. Yes. I agree with that. I do not see it as an insurrection. Was it absolutely wrong? Yes. One million percent it was wrong and those people need to be held accountable for that i think it's very difficult to define it as insurrection when you didn't have any of the people charged for that i i i want a court of law to just because i see both sides i think and i know we disagree on this i think donald trump caused that day on january 6 i think he caused the riot he was quiet for two and a half hours while he watched it on tv he could have quelled that thing but his actions, I believe, uh, supported what happened that day on January 6th. But it another, another key thing they kept hammering on, Ed, is the word officer, which is in Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Right. And the Trump position is the president is not an officer. Officers are appointed. Presidents are elected. Mm -hmm. So they kept going back and forth on that one. That's another key point raised by the Trump defense. And uh, Jonathan Turley, George Washington University law professor, listened to every minute of it. He was on Fox. He said that uh, a lot of people expected that the Colorado lawyer would have a difficult time with the Supreme Court, but he said it was even worse than people anticipated, that even the liberals had hard questions for Colorado's lead attorney. I think that the advocates for disqualification probably expected a cold reception, uh, but this was perfectly glacial. I mean, the, uh. the problem for uh, Jason Murray is that his toughest questions came from the left of the court. Many people have been saying how the conservatives are going to sandbag this entire appeal and how they have to look deeply within themselves. Uh, many of the toughest questions were coming from Justice Jackson and Justice Kagan. In terms of when they will issue their ruling, we don't know. They didn't say. 
A lot of people are speculating it will be weeks, not months, because it is urgent. The whole yeah. country yes. needs to know. Of course, I would think you would have to yeah. expedite that and do it as quickly as possible. Here's former President Trump speaking after the session concluded at the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, I'm a believer in our country, and I'm a believer in the Supreme Court. Uh, I listened today, and I thought our arguments were very, very strong. Uh, an argument that... Uh, it's very important is the fact that you're leading in every race, you're leading in every state, you're leading in the country against both Republican and Democrat. And Biden, you're leading in the country by a lot. And can you take the person that's leading everywhere and say, hey, we're not going to let you run? You know, I think that's pretty tough to do, but uh, I'm leaving it up to the Supreme Court. And another- that's, the, that's his attitude. He's leaving up Supreme Court. You know he needs to he needs to do that, and I think that's what he's just saying that hey, he believes in the Supreme Court. I don't think they're gonna. I think they're gonna knock down this Colorado ruling. Well, the, I was thinking about this today. It just seemed kind of weird that Colorado would be the one to keep Trump off. I don't imagine that Trump will win in Colorado. I just it, so it's kind of crazy to me that they would be the one leading the way you would here think it'd be and California, keeping them New York. off. Yeah, California, New York, or. Someplace like that. Here are the numbers. You can join the discussion at 512-836-0590. Dave is on North Lamar. Hello, Dave. You're on KLBJ. Good afternoon, sir. Yes, welcome. What are your thoughts on it, Dave? I think it would be very interesting to know how many of the rioters were federal assets. Chris Ray said that there were a number of them there, but he wouldn't give us a firm number. We already know that Ray Epps was in all probability a federal asset because he didn't get anything but a disorderly contact uh, citation as opposed to 20 years in prison. Do you think uh, the public will ever know the answer to your question? I'm afraid not. And, and why do you think that way, Dave? The Uniparty is way too invested in staying in power to actually show that, or to admit that this was an operation specifically to deny Trump and his supporters the ability to regain office. All right. Thank you, Dave. Have a good afternoon. Here are the numbers. 512-836-0590. It's 212. Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Enjoy the podcasts of Mark, Melinda, and Ed at your convenience. You'll find them on NewsRadioKLBJ.com or via the free KLBJ app. The U.S. Supreme Court heard oral arguments today as former President Trump challenged the Colorado Supreme Court ruling that he would be removed from the Colorado ballots. They had arguments for about two hours today. Here's David Axelrod strategist for former President Obama. He was speaking on CNN, giving his thoughts on this issue. I'm trying to imagine what it would be like if the Supreme Court said, we're removing the front-running uh, Republican candidate uh, from the ballot uh, and, uh, and, and essentially saying to the American people, you won't have the opportunity uh, to vote for him. And I think it would be very, very disruptive uh, in this country, I think it it, it will uh, yeah. create a huge 
reaction, and that worries me. That's David Axelrod on CNN. Yeah, it would create a big reaction. Um, we think? hear a yeah. lot about yeah. the threat to democracy. I, don't, I can't think of anything being more so of a threat to democracy when you talk about uh, one state or a court saying, we're not going to allow you to vote for that person instead of letting the people outright reject that person if that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And Axelrod said, I'm no fan of Trump. But he said, uh, I think the Supreme Court should overturn the Colorado Supreme Court. You can weigh in with your thoughts, 512-836-0590. You can call, you can text to join the conversation. It is 216 now at KLBJ. Also... Well, let's go to Kyla first in Georgetown. Kyla, welcome. How are you this afternoon? Hi, good, thanks. I just want to know what you guys think about the with that article or the section that it says, if, it also says if they are providing aid and comfort to the insurrectionists. Well, to me then, what about, you know, like Alan Bragg and the, the sanctuary cities? They're providing aid and comfort for the people to be here that are beating up the cops that drug that lady the other day on a motorcycle stealing her wallet they're all here illegally they're all committing not all of them but there's a lot of them that are committing crimes and so allowing them to be here not prosecuting them letting them go how is how is that not the same thing I think- having our border wide open and providing aid and comfort for people to be here to commit crimes I think the the 14 and section 3 talks about insurrection overthrowing the government whereas i agree with you they should not be here they should be charged with violent attacks on policemen and others i don't see that it's a, a form of insurrection but I, I i can see where you could have that little snake towards it and everything because it is it's totally wrong what the biden administration is doing with the immigrants and these sanctuary cities by not upholding the law is totally wrong because to me it's kind of like the beginning of overthrowing the government is overthrowing local law enforcement mm-hmm so you so I, I I have a problem with it. You see the Biden border policy as a form of an insurrection then? Yes, yes, I absolutely do. What do you think about that, Melinda? I don't know what to think about it. I'll have to give it some more time. I don't know that I would necessarily as you were talking, make that that correlation there between, but I can somewhat see. You know, if you're overthrowing local rule, mm-hmm. uh, could that be yeah. be yeah. seen There's as people from China? They're talking about people from China that have been buying up land, like real close to military institutions all across this country. I mean, I, I you know, it's so insidious, and I, I just think it all is towards that same direction. Kyla, thanks so much. Have a good afternoon. 512-836-0590. You can call, you can text us. Also today in the U.S. Senate, they did achieve enough votes to keep moving forward with voting on that big package of money for Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, and humanitarian assistance for Gaza and other places. This is the vote they needed to get more than 60 votes to break the filibuster they did it the vote was 67 to 32 in favor of advancing that bill in the senate yeah john cornyn was one of those voting uh, yep. yes on that so uh, i've got no problem with mark i just think ultimately they've got to have a hard line approach on immigration but they're not going to get it they're not going to get it in the senate because they've dug the democrats have dug their heels in the sand but uh, i do think I, i'm 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 glad they voted for this i think we need to help 
the Ukrainian military. I still have problems, as you do, Mel, in one of the amendments that the Republicans want. We're paying the salaries of Ukrainian administrative workers. Come come on now. How, how much are we going to do? I'm not for this. It's just not the right time for this. Um, it's not as if we have not been helping out because we have. Uh, we're also learning that a lot of our help out is being used or misused, I should say, misdirected uh, in places in Ukraine. So I have a big problem, and most of it is to do with the timing of it. We have big issues here that need to be addressed. We need the people in Congress to stand up and actually do their job of representing the people, and they are failing to do that. This, to me, says Ukraine above america uh, I, I don't fully agree but we do need we do need to take care of this immigration deal and the governor is hosting 22 members of congress today i will give that to you they've got to take care of this it's ludicrous that it continues that nothing has been done but the main culprit in this is the biden administration this uh, package they voted on today has uh, nothing for the u.s border nothing. that was all stripped out by schumer he says he will allow amendments as they begin uh, more work on this bill, but they would need to be focused on this part of what they approved today. Here's the specific breakdown. $19 billion to replace U.S. weapons that have been sent to Ukraine. $13 billion to buy U.S. weapons. $14 billion for U.S. training of Ukraine. And $8 billion for salaries of Ukraine government workers. So that's $13 billion for Ukraine to buy weapons from us and $8 billion to pay the salaries of Ukraine's government employees. I, ha- I have issues with that. If we're going to help, you help in the fighting. Yeah, bullets, You don't help ammo. in propping up a nation. That Again, I may be wrong on this. Propping up that nation that way, incur- I hate to say encourages, but it doesn't give them any... Motivation. Motivation yeah. to wrap this up or try to just go full force or even come to the table and talk about whether or not there's some kind of middle ground to be made. It just doesn't. They're getting everything they need. 512-836-0590. We'd like to hear your thoughts on that vote as well. And NBC News is reporting this afternoon. President Biden is considering taking executive action on the U.S. border <gasps> to deter illegal immigration. What is that? I thought like, he though? couldn't do that. The measures are still being drafted and are not expected to take place anytime soon, according to sources in the Biden administration. Does anybody have any confidence he's going to stand up and say, we are shutting the borders down. We're closing the border to assess what we have been done and we need to be done. No, it's going to be more of this. I'm sending money to have more immigration judges and lawyers will send more money for shelters for the immigrants. We will allow X amount of immigrants per day. Yeah, it's That's not going to do a darn thing if he uh, does that. To me, it's not a matter of whether you believe he's going to do anything. It is for weeks, for months, probably could even go back years. Uh, Biden can't do anything on this. He can't move without Congress. There's, there's nothing he can do. That is the line they have been feeding us. And then you're going to turn around and say... Oh, well, maybe we can do some executive orders. We all have known, because he did it on day one, 
that that's all he needed to do. If he really wanted to close the border or deter illegal migration at the border, he could have already done so. All of the rest is just a big show. This is a very interesting line in this NBC report. Biden officials say these plans have been under consideration for months. Uh They don't specify how many months, but they say for months they've been thinking about new executive action. Well, now, because we have the election approaching, uh, he's been caught with his pants down on this because they're Democrats, they're big city mayors, uh, angst about this. So, to me, this is just political posturing. Do, would I love him to come down and say, we're closing the border downs, we're going to evaluate, we're going to stop this unfettered immigration? Sure. But is he going to say that? No. Because the left side, far left side of his party will go crazy. They'll go crazy. Now, a- related to all of this, Senator Chris Murphy, Democrat of Connecticut, who was one of the senators working on the border package in those secret negotiations, was interviewed on MSNBC last night, Melinda, Set this soundbite up. We have some of the audio from what he said. Well, the the host on the show that he was on was trying to kind of set up this Democrat senator of saying, hey, you know, for years, Democrats have been trying to get amnesty for those that come here illegally and it continues to fail and this bill didn't even have that up and y'all been doing that's been y'all's play for about 20 or 30 years and then this senator just stepped in it so you are right that that has been the democratic strategy for 30 years maybe uh and it has failed to deliver for the people we care about most the undocumented americans that are in this country the people we care about most. Yes. Well, and not only, the people we care about most. Not Good only God. that, have you heard that term before? The undocumented Americans? Undocumented Americans. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? There is no such thing. No. Um, but I, he, either he didn't know what he was saying or that's absolutely what he feels we care this is this is who our party cares about the most the heck with the actual americans and remember he was one of the three who crafted the so-called border bill well and he was the one that took to x saying the border never closes under this bill 512-836-0590 join the discussion with mark melinda and ed Mark, Melinda, and Ed are on your radio at 99.7 FM or 590 AM. Now, here are Mark, Melinda, and Ed. The special counsel has delivered his report today regarding President Biden having classified documents. And the conclusion is there will be no criminal charges filed against President Biden. This is a 345-page report at the U.S. Justice Department. The Washington Post says uh, part of the conclusion is Biden carelessly handled classified materials found at his home and his former office, and he shared government secrets with his ghostwriter. But prosecutors decided there were no chargeable crimes committed. According to that report, you have more details on why her believes they would not be able to get a conviction before a jury. Well, and that was part of the report was he said the reason he declined to prosecute the president Mm -hmm. was basically because of age and poor memory. And I'm going to read a quote here from that report. 
uh, it would be difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him. By then, a former president well into his 80s of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness. Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview of him, as a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. You cannot base anything on what if in the years to come. And I'm perplexed, Mark, because what what you read and what, what the special prosecutor said, isn't that just almost exactly the same thing that Donald Trump did? He, he was reckless, taking him to Mar-a-Lago. Of course, he said he had, he had the right as a president to do that. Joe Biden had no right. Mm-hmm. Vice presidents can't do that, but it's not, it doesn't appear to be equal justice under the law. But those comments about an elderly man with a poor memory who would be sympathetic to a jury, that doesn't really hold water with me. It's just, is it a crime or not a crime? Well, and that's the thing. You should never base it on the person. You're right. Did they commit a crime or mm-hmm. did they not? Not, oh, well, he, he's old and he's got poor memory and, and the jury's just, it, it's going to be very sympathetic to them. When you're reading this, and he wrote in here, Biden willfully knew and took that information there and then shared it with somebody outside of this. And we're talking about uh, documents related to uh, foreign policy in Afghanistan, Mm -hmm. uh, issues of national security, sensitive intelligence sources and methods. And we're just okay with this because he's old. Here's another thing that bothers me. Later in this report, the special counsel said the president's memory was worse during the interview with him compared to his memory in recorded conversations in 2017. Listen. He's declining, he's declining, he's declining, and we're watching it in front of our own eyes. And the special counsel has said it. Well, his memory was worse than it was in 2017. Was, was his memory bad when he originally, knowingly, stole these classified documents? And that's what he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He stole them as a senator and vice president. He was, he was not permitted to no. take them out of the skiff in the Capitol. What does his memory have to do with stealing something in the time, in the moment? That has nothing to do with memory. No, it doesn't. All right, you can weigh in with your thoughts. Uh, Special Counsel Hirsch says uh, he is recommending that no charges be filed in this case against Biden. 512-836-0590. Steve is in Round Rock on KLBJ. Hi, Steve. Welcome. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um... Yeah, on Ukraine. Mark, did you say that you, we sent $8 billion to Ukraine for uh, the government to pay all the government positions? Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. $8 billion would go to pay the salaries of Ukraine's government workers. O- over what period of time? Over one year or two years? Or what is that? Like, Just in this latest heap of money. <laughs> yeah, it's not specifying uh, how long that would last. We'll wow. try, try to get the answer to that. It's a little bit, you know, weird for me that this now uh, bill came up really quickly out, brushed out. Uh, everybody's expecting to hear, For I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but Tucker Carlson is being interviewed in Putin. So everybody's mm-hmm. waiting for this interview to come out. And it seems a little bit, you know, weird that they brought this bill very quickly to do this. Um, so, and on the other side, I've heard that many people say, why doesn't Europe chip in some money into this? I mean, they're next door with Russia. If somebody's going to be affected later on, it would be them. Well, 
Well, let me ask you this. If you, me, uh, we're living together in the same apartment and say, you know what, we're going to split the apartment 50-50, and all of a sudden start paying everything, and w- what would be the smart thing for you to say? Absolutely nothing. Just stay there and say nothing. <laughs> you know, I'll be paying everything, so hey, everything is fine. So that's what Europe does right now. It watches us away and it's like, let them pay. They want to pay for it. So why we should rush in this and pay our fair share? America wants to pay everything, so everything is cool, right? All right, Steve, thank you. Have a good one. The European Union is trying to put together a package of $54 billion to send to Ukraine. They're on the verge of getting that approved. What do you think about the comments he just made? Well, I think they're, they're, true, to, they're true to some extent, sir, because they're not paying their fair share. And you're right. They're the neighbors. They could be the mm-hmm. next to be invaded. And uh, I wish they would pay as much as we pay. And I, too, scratch my head over paying for their government employees. I, for where I sit, I want them to have the, the missiles and the bombs protection. And I also want to say this. We have, we have to have leadership in Washington who will, who will go to Zelensky and say, okay, we need, we need you to sit down with this man, Putin. I know he's a sorry, you know what, but this has got to stop. This has got to, there's got to be an end game in this. All right, let's go to Will at 236. Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Will, good afternoon. Welcome. Good. How are you guys doing? Fine, Will. Yeah, isn't it kind of frightening to think that the man who's supposedly the president of the United States is too forgetful to be able to comment on things in his house and his garage? Oh my goodness, I'm sitting here reading some more and it is, it's sad. Part of this says in an interview, he did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended. Uh, He forgot on the second day of the interview when his term actually began and didn't even remember when his son Bo died. Oh, how sad is that? How sad and how tragic that is. Okay, and yet, how, how, guys, how dangerous that know. is. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to give you guys a little piece of information that nobody's got, but it's, it's starting to hit out. I think the Washington Examiner is going to put it out. But the U.S. government, in the form of the State Department and our partnership with uh, the U.N., we've been putting between $1.4 and $3.9 billion a year for the last three years to help pay migrants to come from the Darien Gap and other locations to our border. Yeah, and I saw in some memos uh, within DHS that they actually went to the Darien Gap and they were interviewing and they knew 90% were not eligible to claim asylum, yet they allowed them to continue and then let them in. Yeah, here's the other part. The Chinese camp there that everybody's talking about, we paid for half of it. Yeah, not surprising, Will. There's been a uh, very well-funded, concerted effort now for about two or three years to pay yep, the expenses exactly. of these people to get here. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, here's the Pentagon. It's a joke. Plus, right now, we're still on COVID, so we're only at about 50-60% occupancy. Are you actually uh, in the Pentagon right now working? Uh, actually, I'm in the, this parking lot. He can't tell you that, Mark. Secret. Top secret. Yeah. I mean, I... I... Well, thank you. We appreciate it. 512-836-0590. You can call. You can text us to join the conversation. So uh, at the heart of the conclusion by the special counsel, not to recommend criminal charges against Biden, they're saying his memory is just so bad 
that the jury would feel sorry for him and not yeah. convict him of anything? Yeah. That's well, what I read. that and I just don't think that you would be able to get anything out of him. And that would be clear enough to understand. Where's Dr. Jill Biden? Where's Dr. Jill Biden She's today? Despicable. And just say, this is a special prosecutor says his memory has wavered since 2017 till now. And the examples you said about his son's death when he left the vice presidency, is this not a wake-up call to Democrats to say, please, for the good of the country, find somebody else? I know Please. we talked about uh, when this was first coming out that they've concluded this. Some of the headlines I had I saw earlier in the week saying he'd be embarrassed. I know that they were thinking about the pictures, mm-hmm. but this to me is probably the most damning against him running for re-election. It's far worse than the photos. It just kind of yeah. cements what we've all thought and known, and it just says, yes, he's not mentally there all the way. And yet we're told he's the man approving military strikes on foreign countries as we speak. Mm-hmm. He's making the final decision on these things. I don't believe that. No, I don't, I, I don't think he's been running anything since day one, but still, I, I'm i with you, Ed. I, it just makes me sick that any family members would put do that to right. someone that they say they love. Yeah, yeah. All right, 512-836-0590. You can call, you can text us, 241, Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Mark, Melinda, and Ed are on your radio at 99.7 FM or 590 AM. And you can stream the show live on your digital device via the free news radio KLBJ app. Now, here are Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Can I just make a comment on media yes please Quite do interesting that the only thing that they're putting out on this document thing is biden willfully disclosed the classified materials conveniently leaving out the part willfully took knew yeah. he had them every line biden willfully disclosed classified materials no criminal charge wanted biden disclosed took, classified materials that. willfully so the special counsel says no criminal charges they're not adding the whole thing there willfully took mm-hmm. and then disclosed several years after the fact, I may add, just because there was a big spotlight on the case on undocumented or on the documents being out of where they're supposed to be. Sorry, just had to do a little rant there because it's ridiculous how it's framed. Yeah, it strange, willfully it? shared. With a guy who was helping him write his book, somebody who had not no. been approved to yeah. see classified documents. Who was documents. not no within right the government and not been approved. You're right. Yeah, I, It's just ridiculous. Now, remember the timeline on this. The uh, Biden handlers knew before the 2022 election that Biden had classified documents that he had taken as vice president and senator. That they made the discovery, according to the Washington Post, and they had an emergency meeting. What do we do? We know Trump is on his way to being prosecuted and maybe convicted for this. What are we going to do about all of this? And they made a decision to remain quiet about it. And not until someone inside the government leaked that Biden had done the same thing to CBS News about a month after the 2022 election did all of this blow up and force mm-hmm. Merrick Garland to appoint a special counsel? 
if it had not been for a leaker saying, hey, Biden did it too, we wouldn't know any of this. No, we wouldn't. Right. You're you're absolutely right. And I guess that's the part where he willfully disclosed this. I, I don't agree with that. And I don't think that that's the headline. Also in this report, uh, her apparently explains the difference between Biden and Trump saying most notably after being given multiple chances to return classified documents and avoid prosecution, Mr. Trump did the opposite. So that's why you're seeing the indictment there and no charges here. All right. You can weigh in with your thoughts. 512-836-0590. Call or text us. TextDot is getting ready to do that multi-billion dollar revamp of I-35 through the heart of Austin. And TextDot says they're very concerned about the homeless who camp under some of the bridges that are going to be turned down, torn down rather, during this major project. So TextDot has announced today that they have bought seven acres of land so that there can be an expanded homeless campsite on those seven acres. It's right there next to the Esperanza community, which is in southeast Austin. And they made a big deal of this announcement today, even saying Governor Abbott is all for it and Mayor Kirk Watson is applauding it. This to me is all well and good, but can you and will those homeless people, and you see them all the time, especially if you're downtown around 6th, 7th, or 8th Street, living underneath those bridges. We also see it out here on I-35 at 32nd and 38th Street, right over there. I think this is really good that there's going to be a great cooperation between the governor and our mayor and homie, uh, homeless advocates, but my question is, will they go to this new seven-acre spot? I hope they do. Well... Reports about Esperanza community is it's actually done some good. It is helping people out there. People that have gone there have uh, really just made it into this community. It seems to be more successful than anything Austin mm-hmm. has tried to do. Uh, this press release from TextDot does not say how much they paid for the seven acres. Uh, it does uh, have a glowing comment from Governor Greg Abbott about Austin's efforts to help the homeless homeless population. Mayor uh, Watson is also quoted in this. Yeah. Uh, it does not say how many homeless they expect to have living out there on these seven acres. Now, this is totally separate and apart from the $80 million in the city of Austin budget this year to help the homeless. This is coming out of the TxDOT state taxpayers' mm-hmm. budget. Yeah, and this is going to be years and years and years and years down the line. Because this is not when they when they revamp I thirty five, which by the way, the far left has filed multiple suits against because they don't want it to happen. I don't know when this is going. But my question: Who's going to pay for this? Who who will be paying the ongoing costs of Esperanza year after year after year? Now, related to all of this, KXAN has a story today saying some of the homeless who are living at the city of Austin marshalling yard shelter for the homeless have multiple complaints about their conditions. Alfredo Reyes is one of those. He spoke with KXAN. Three times a day, junk food, basically fast food, like um, pizza, um, Danny's. He, he's complaining about the food the city of Austin is serving to the homeless. It's just not acceptable. They're not going to put up with it. It's food, sir. It's food. Listen. I like pizza. I, I, I don't care. Denny's is fine with me. It's, it's food in the old belly. That's you know? my problem with these social services. 
never good enough. Uh, never mind, we're actually putting food in your belly. Again, I can understand not wanting fast food all the time, but you know what you do? You get your life together the best you can so that you can afford maybe the veggies every once in a while. You don't... It's just frustrating when we were spending all of this money and it's just not good enough. It's warm. It's dry. They get three meals a day for free. They get access to counseling, job searches, whatever they want. And they don't have to do anything. And they're still looking for reasons to complain. Here's Barry Jones, another homeless guy complaining to KXAN. He says uh, he admits he's mentally ill. But the staff out there at the marshalling yard just stinks. The way they treat people and the way they handle things. Finally, after a month, I uh, I was feeling really, really bad, uh, spending most of my time in my bed, and I got into an altercation with one of the staff, and I threw some food on the floor. I lost my temper. Yeah, and they said, uh, you have to go. And he says, that's totally unfair. You know, Mr. Jones, I hope you get your, your, your counseling out there, but... If you're disruptive out there, if you if you're not doing what you have to do, I don't blame them for kicking you out. If you get in a, a verbal altercation that could turn into physical, and you throw food, uh, listen, you've got to make the most of that, Mister Jones. You've got to utilize these these meals, the shelter, and the services you need. You say, you know, you're mentally ill. Well, let's work on that. Let's work. It's, a, it's not a short-term deal. It's a long-term deal. David Gray is the city of Austin strategy officer for the homeless. I want to be clear that, you know, we we don't take exits lightly. We, we really try everything to not exit clients. But violence of any form towards other clients or towards shelter staff or my staff is not tolerated. Well, and it shouldn't. That's not what they sign up for. They should not allow for that. I found it very interesting towards the end of the story where they say about 300 people can stay there. And then they were talking about half of those that are no longer at that shelter. Less than 30 were confirmed to have moved on to permanent housing. We were just asking Mm -hmm. yesterday uh, how many quote-unquote success stories do you have where you actually are able to move them along and get them better on their feet. Less than 30 people out of a capacity of, well, they said 577 have stayed there. Less than 30 have moved on to permanent housing. And of those 30, how many have a full-time job now after having been given permanent supportive housing? I wonder how many have a job. Remember, that was the line from the mayor and the city council. You can't expect them to get a job until you give them a roof over their head. They got a roof over their head, permanent supportive housing, 512-836-0590. Also in the news today, the Wall Street Journal says President Biden has sent three of his very top advisors to Michigan to try to implore the Muslims and Arab Americans to vote for him in the upcoming presidential election. He tried to send the head of his campaign staff out there to Michigan a few days ago, and they said, we refuse to meet with her. You've got to send heavy hitters to talk to us. We're furious over your support for Israel. Well, guess what? They're not meeting with them today. The the leaders said today, we're not going to meet with any Biden administration officials who have been dispatched Um, We're not talking to anyone. We're not going to give our time to anyone in this administration until President Biden calls for a ceasefire in the Middle East. Uh, It's it's a 
bad situation because if Joe Biden doesn't win Michigan, he's not going to win the election, I think. But, yeah, he's in a really, really big pickle, though. He cannot coalesce to the Muslims in Michigan. He, he, he should not and cannot do that. I don't know what his operatives can go there and promise this group because he's not going to – I don't believe he's going to insist and pull our support – from Netanyahu, unless he calls a complete ceasefire. So he's already been moving away mm-hmm. from Israel for months, Ed. Yeah. But he has, Mark, but not something what they want. I think they want the definite pull out now. We don't support you, yada, da, 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 da. Behind the scenes, that is what they are telling Israel. Stop the combat. Uh, you need to end this. Biden has no more appetite. We've been talking about it mm-hmm. on the show for months now. You're hearing these leaks that Biden is dropping F-bombs on Netanyahu. He's going to cost me the election. Yeah, I, and I don't know from the Muslim and Arab groups in Michigan how they expect the president of the U.S. to tell the president of Israel what to do. Exactly how right. How... I would love to hear how they want him to twist his arm and tell him that he has to stop everything. That's not, it's not their decision. It's not Biden's decision. It is for the nation of Israel to decide. You're right. And what what will the blowback be with the Israeli community? Those who are supporting, as most Americans are supporting Israel in this, nobody wants to see uh, a huge amount of casualties at all. But what happens then if he does kowtow to the Muslims in Michigan what, what about the Jewish community in another state? Think about everything that's at stake now in the Middle East, and then remember what the special counsel said today about Biden and mm-hmm. his mental abilities mm-hmm. and his very poor memory. Mm-hmm. 512-836-0590. We've got news next and more to cover with you. It's Mark, Melinda, and Ed. License 26099E. Smart Sense. Brought to you by Smart Air Heating and Cooling. Right now, you can save up to $3,400 on a new comfort system. Whether your furnace is no longer working like it used to, or you want to get ahead of the summer heat, it's time to call the expert heating and cooling technicians at Smart Air. Call now and take advantage of this smart offer from Smart Air. Call 512-600-4311. That's 512-600-4311. Or visit SmartAirAustin.com.